Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. We are better together. We are better together. You see it in nature, don't you? You see it. Um, you'd, you'd probably pick on one monkey, but if you tried to pick on 20 monkeys, you could be in all sorts of problems. Especially mama monkeys. Apparently, they are the worst. Even in, like, even in humans. Don't, don't take on a mother. Don't take it on a mother. Um, so there was this guy a while ago. <laughs> this is a this is a this is an ancient story that probably isn't really as ancient as I want it to be. But there is this guy, and he was going to church. So it can't be that long, really. Two thousand max, I guess. Um, anyway, two thousand years max. There's this guy, and he's going to church, and he, he loves it, and he's committed, and he's having a great time. And then, somewhere along the way, some, something happens, maybe a few things happen. I don't know how it worked out for this guy. It's unknown. It's a mystery. And he, he decides, do you know what? I'm just going to stop going to church. This guy. We're going to learn more about this guy. Um, in the beginning... I love this Genesis. I love going through Genesis. It's one of my favorite books. That, those first few chapters are just so incredible. I rave on and on about them. There's so much in them. They're so loaded with, with great things. And um, what we see in the beginning, there is God. There he is. He's, he's there. He was, he was waiting for the beginning to happen. He was there. And then things started to get created. Um, and he created spaces and he filled them. He, he was making rocks and, and trees and, and sky and sun and stars and moons. And, and he was making all these things. And everything was good. Everything that he was making was good. Absolutely everything. I had a little bit of a New Zealand accent then. I must be hanging out with Ra too much. I, everything was good. He was making all sorts of things. Like even um, the rocks, they were good. He said, it was good. And so time went on and, and then um, it gets to this moment where, where human beings are created and rumor has it they looked exactly like Evan and Jess. And when he saw that, it was no longer good. It was very good. And can you blame God for saying it's very good when you have Evan and Jess? Wow, what specimens. Specimens. And he saw it was very good. And which makes you think, there's, it's, it's a little bit loaded. Everything that's getting made, everything, you hear it about seven times, it's very good. Everything is good. It's good, it's good. It's getting better. It's very good at the end. It's all good. And it's, you're starting to think, of course, we know who we are and we've seen our history. Something's going to go wrong sooner or later. 
What is the first thing that is mentioned that is not good? And there's some prudes here today that probably would have thought, I cannot believe that God didn't see this and say it's not good. Like, even flatulence. There are some people here that truly believe that flatulence is not good. And I challenge you on it this morning. Where do you get this from? Because you're not getting it from Scripture. You're not. And I like to live my life by the Word. So I think it's good. God saw everything and He said it was good. And you're kidding yourself. (laughs) You're kidding yourself if you do not think that they're funny. I know. All these people that they're in public, someone doesn't, they're like, oh dear, what a what a scumbag. I bet you when they're at home by themselves, they have a giggle. You cannot deny it because it's good, I guess. But there is a moment where all of a sudden God sees something and he and it's documented in Genesis, which is just so such a beautiful story. But um, you, you see the first thing he says is not good. And you see it in Genesis chapter 2. We're not going to put the scripture up because we're just going to keep moving. We're going to keep moving. But we see in chapter 2 the first thing that is mentioned that is not good. And it says, it is not good for man to be alone. That is the first thing that is said to be not good. Um, so, you look up. Let's, let's move on from the fluffs. And you look up some health consequences of isolation and aloneness, and you go to psychology websites, and then you go to doctors, and then you start to see and research all the things that happen when we're alone. Here are some of the things. Depression. Even suicide cardiovascular disease and stroke, increased levels of stress, decreased memory and learning abilities, poor decision-making. It often leads to substance abuse. It also is a key factor with the progression of Alzheimer's. And it alters the functioning of your brain. It alters brain function, being alone. And you begin to get the um, idea that we are not intended to be alone. We're just not intended to be alone. And so that guy from the ancient story that turned out to be not so ancient, he was at a church and he left. So after a couple of weeks, he is noticed by his pastor that he is not there. So the pastor goes to his house, and it was a cold, wet winter's night. Just leave that there with you for a bit. And he walks into the house, and what happens? He sees the man that's been alone sitting by his fire. And the man stands up, walks over, greets him, welcomes him to his house, And they go and sit down over by the fire. He gets a chair, brings it over for the pastor, and they take a seat. And the guy that's the host, he's sort of got an idea why the pastor's there. He's been missing for a few weeks. And they sit at the fire, and he's sitting there waiting to hear what the pastor says. And so they're waiting. 
they're waiting. The Bible says a lot about togetherness and its great importance. You actually find in the Bible an incredible amount of scriptural support into the blueprints of what togetherness looks like. Um, our, our faith actually began with very tribal and communal people. Um, they understand this. So if you go through and, and look at the cultural context of these scriptures, when they talk about togetherness, when they talk about unity, you'll, you'll see it's just loaded with so much stuff. And I just want to encourage you, because we're in this time now of um, we're better together. And I could I please encourage you, church, to get your Bibles out, and start to study these scriptures that we talk on. Start to look at, at what the implications are of togetherness and, and what the implications are of, of not being in unity. Start to see what God is up to because there's a reason behind everything. And, and what we see, even in the beginning, we realize that it's, it's actually, this is meant to be this togetherness thing. This, we are better together. It's, it's in the patterns of nature. It's, it's, it's what we see and experience in ourselves. So please, can I encourage you, everyone here, everyone that may listen on podcast, to get your Bibles out and start to study unity, togetherness, and what it means to be um, better together. I I just really want to encourage you to do that. Um, Because when we get another fresh revelation of this, and let me just say, first of all, our church does really well at this. But I believe God is always moving forward and always doing something new and fresh. And I believe there's always room for growth. And I, and I also believe that as we continue to go through this month of we're better together, what we're going to find out and see is that we really are. And we're going to have fun doing it and we're going to grow. Because I believe with all of my heart, because of what the scriptures say, that together we are better. And being together is an essential part of growth. And you'll find it, 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 it's all through the scriptures. And I'm going completely off track now, but um, even Jesus says, everyone will know you by the way you love one another. And that, that also, that, that means we've got to love one another. And, and that will be a, a sign for growth to come in. So when people see that we love one another, they will naturally want to be a part of that because it's in our very nature to be a part of a community. So not only is togetherness is essential for our growth in number, but it's essential for our growth spiritually because when you try... <laughs> I, yeah, so it's so funny when people go, oh, look, yeah, look, these guys, yeah, I'm just going to go and seek God on my own and, and grow. I'm not getting enough growth. When you leave people and try and grow on your own, you will fail every time because you're not set up that way. You're not wired that way. We're wired to be together, and we grow spiritually together. And there's a few key reasons to that, which we'll get to a bit later. But you will find it challenging, and you will grow. I believe it. I really do, though. Anyway, let's go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go and have a look at chapter 12, and we're going to go to verse 12. Let's have a read. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. We're going to keep going. It's cool. It's very cool, this, isn't it? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And that is such a... A a lot of us have heard that passage and and have read that passage, but it's such a good passage to read over regularly. Um, It reminds us that we're... um, a part of something bigger than just ourselves. It reminds us that we're a part of a bigger picture, that we are a part of a family, that we are a part of the body of Christ, and that we actually, it also reminds us that we play vital roles. Because I believe that a lot of people are in church today thinking that they are worthless to the body. When this is simply not true, and it is simply not said anywhere in the scripture, it says that you are indispensable. Every single person is indispensable to the body. We need you. We need you. It's such an important thing to... And don't just hear these words if you struggle with these thoughts because I don't want you just to hear them and not believe it. This is the truth. We need you. We genuinely need you. You have a part to play. There's this old Indian um, proverb talking about this. And it's, um, this, there's a body. It's funny, they use a body as well. And they talk about how um, one day the stomach is just thinking he's the man because he just gets to sit back and do nothing and just enjoy the delicious food that gets shoved down into it. And he's going, man, I'm the best. And, and so all the other parts of the body get a bit angry at him and they think, well, you know what, we're going we're gonna to stop, we're going to see an end to this cocky attitude. So... The legs stop walking to go and find the food. The arms stop picking the food up to eat it. And the mouth decided he's not going to chew anything anyway. And then after a while, the whole body is withered and dies. What a terrible story. (laughs) It's actually a really bad story, isn't it? But isn't it, there's a little bit of truth there. If you're here and not thinking that you are doing anything, You could be actually the significant person that's maybe 
not letting us reach our full potential. Oh, did I just put the heat on? I think I did, but I mean it in love. God's gracious and he covers our weaknesses. So we're doing okay without you. But man, we would love it if you came on board and helped us out, be everything we could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there just simply is no body if there is just a foot. Um, that's a statement I wrote down, one of my many words of wisdom. And I believe it. How annoying would it be if it was just me here or if everyone was exactly like me? Oh, I'd be bored with that. I'd be looking at them going, man, you've got no fashion sense. Everyone laughs because they know it's true. And some people don't because they're a bit awkward. Oh, man, yeah, do I laugh? Is it true? I don't know. This is awkward. You guys should know me better than that by now, but alas. Even our spiritual gifts are not about us. Isn't that funny? Um, Don't you think, like I see this a bit actually, some people think their gifts make them like all that and like superior to people and they get this, they puff themselves up through their giftings and they make it all about them which um, just uh, simply doesn't work. Gifts are for the betterment of your community, not so much for yourself. And we'll have a look at that. Some people get a sense of superiority. Yes, Luke, you've already said that. Move right along. They miss the point majorly. They do. They miss the point majorly. Um, you have spiritual gifts so that others are blessed. Therefore, you need to be a part of community to exercise your gifts. Because um, if you don't have community, the gifts aren't being realised to their potential. You can't just—they're no good just for you. And here's some examples: some some of the spiritual gifts identified throughout the scriptures. Um, we have some that we find in Romans 12, which are prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving leadership and mercy now if you are not in community who are you going to prophesy to who are you going to serve is anyone going to be listening to your teaching is anyone going to be encouraged by you who are you going to give to who are you going to lead and who are you going to show mercy all these spiritual gifts that are promised to us right everyone here has spiritual gifts whether you know it or not you have spiritual giftings to be exercised. And when you don't exercising, you heard, um, who was it? It was Pastor Phil or Andrew this morning mentioned life and life to the full, John 10.10. 10. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, Pastor Phil. I'm a big believer in living life to the full. And a part of that is experiencing your spiritual gifts at work. And for you to function and feel and experience this life, this bursting life and life to the full, you got to exercise your giftings. And to exercise your giftings, you got to be part of a community. You've got to get involved. All those gifts that were mentioned, they're pretty intimate. Um, to, to prophesy, you're not going to do that um, unless you're confident and in community and, and, and that you know that you love them and they know that you love them. Who wants to be prophesied at when you don't know the person? That's a bit strange. 
Even the prophets in the Bible were known to the community. It wasn't like it was some random coming up going, you know, Phil, you were to shave your head right now. Like, no, to keep the beard, may it grow forth and, no, oh, um, <laughs> but do you hear what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm saying here? Um, serving, you, you, that's an intimate thing too. There's, it's about community. All the gifts are about the betterment of community. Every gift you find in the Bible is not about elevating one person. It's about strengthening another person. Every single gift. Um, yeah, and, and in Corinthians, we, it, we see words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, distinguishing of spirits, speaking tongues. All of these things require community. And all of those, it, 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 you can't escape it. You cannot escape it. You just can't. We are not meant to do life alone. And I believe that some of us here are doing a good job at not being alone. And we are in connect groups and we are doing great on teams and stuff like that. But I also believe that we could all step it up again. Because there's some people that aren't in connect groups. There's some people that don't um, actually get involved in the community and actually look at each other face-to-face and share life. That's, it's a scary thing for a lot of people. It really is, and, I, and I'm not making light of that. I know it can be scary at times, but it is essential for your growth. I promise you, you will grow when you sow into community. You genuinely will. You genuinely will. We were not meant to do life in isolation. We were not meant to do it alone. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. If one rejoices, all of them rejoice. I love that. And that's what I love about our church. We get so stoked. When someone is doing great, we all feel like we're doing great. And when someone suffers, we all suffer. And I'm not, so please know that um, I think we're doing really good. But I believe this month we're going to grow again. And it's going to be just the most profound month. I'm looking forward to seeing the fruits that are going to come out of this month. But yeah, I love, I mean, um, uh, Ra and Beck had their little son and, and Candace went over and, and held him and she's crying, going, oh yeah, this is all time, look at this guy. Like, and she, she, was, she was experiencing the joy of, of Beck and Ra because we're, we're family, we're, we're in this community together. It's so cool and and then when we hear of Katrina's mum, everyone here that knows Katrina would have went, oh, no, come on. And we, and we step in the gap and we pray. It's about being family. We feel together. We laugh together. We hurt and we're, we laugh. I love it. It's such an essential part. Because when you're doing the laughing and the hurting on your own, it's really not good. It's not fun. It's not, me- it's not what we were created for, was it? You want to laugh with someone. I've laughed alone watching a movie, and you're laughing, and you're, like, oh, you're looking around. <laughs> and it's the weirdest thing. You end up just feeling like a goose. I know I do. I just feel like a goose. Or if you're on your own, and you're crying, and you're hurting, and you're like, oh. And then eventually you bump into someone, and they put their arm around you, and you just go, instantly feeling a lot better. We're not created to be alone, are we? 
<sighs> Let's get back to that story, shall we? Of the guy. So the minister made himself at home at the fire, and nothing was said between these two people. Not a single word was said. And um, the guy was starting to contemplate the fire, the host. He was, he was looking at the fire like, wait, is this guy going to say something soon? And he's looking at the fire, and um, he's watching it dance on the logs, and the pastor's just sitting there. He's just letting this, this, this feeling, this, this setting just hang there. And, and the guy's like, oh, well, what's going on? And he's contemplating the fire. And then the pastor, he just gets up, <clears throat> grabs the tongs, grabs an ember out of the middle of the fire and moves it to the side of the hearth. Just does that, sits back in his chair. <clears throat> he sat back in his chair, still silent. The host sat and watched this in quiet contemplation. As the one lone ember's flame flickered and diminished, there was a momentary glow, and then its fire was no more. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. Heavy. <laughs> um, you can sort of see what's happening here, can't you? And you sort of get what I'm saying. I think I've made my point, my case today. Have I? We are better together. You are not intended to do life alone. It's the truth. Um, immediately after the passage, so let me, just, let me just bring it back. We're better together. How do we do it? How do we do it? How does it work? What does it look like? What do we got to do? And immediately after that scripture on the body, Paul's putting everything into order, telling us all about the body. He shows us the most excellent way. And I always think of Bill and Ted's when I read that passage, when, that, when I read that thing, he's like, I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And um, so all that cool stuff that just we talked about, isn't that amazing? But actually, no, it's actually not even that amazing. This is the most excellent way. And we're going to bring it up in Corinthians. We actually do not have this scripture, and that's cool. But if we could go to 13, that would be good. If you can... Twi tw uh, twinkle those fingertips, that would be good. Um, it says in 13.1, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Seems to be all about love. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God is serious about love and togetherness. And how is this? This is the funny thing. In this New Testament, God says that there's, there's enough, uh, how do I word this? There's only, only 10 times in the New Testament does the scriptures tell us to love God. 10 times. 
in the New Testament, it tells us to love one another 200 times. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny? I wonder why he said that. I think it's because by the time of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, all this amazing good stuff that he's giving to us, I think he would have known that we're like, oh, you're the best God. You, you love me no matter what. You love, yeah, it's easy to love you back. But he's saying, you've got to love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. So many fleep, fleeping times. And I think there's a reason. Don't you think there's a reason? I don't think he does things by chance. I think there's a reason for it. And I think the main reason is, is because he knows that I'm a goose just like you. That's the reason. I actually think that's the reason. Totally the reason. He knows that I'm a goose just like you. We all blow it and we, we can get offended and we can get annoyed and we can do all that. But then we've got to look at these scriptures on love. Because we've got to be in community, we, we know, we know now, we must stay in community. It's essential for our growth. But to do that, we've got to choose love. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Just because it doesn't come naturally and easy doesn't mean it's not what we're supposed to do. It's a choice. And it takes work sometimes. It takes doing hard yards. It takes forgiveness. It takes a bit of mercy and grace. It takes effort, and when we apply it, that is how the growth happens in community because we're overcoming our weaknesses, we're overcoming offenses, and we're growing. If there's one thing I know for sure what God is so concerned about in us, it's not what job we have, it's, it's not how good we are at speaking, it's not how good we are at, at anything, it's, it's all to do with our character, and our character if in isolation, will never develop. It will only ever develop in community. Love it. So I'm wrapping it up now. Can I encourage you? Please, can I encourage you? I, w- I first of all just want to thank all the members of the body here today that are active and, and doing great things. And I, I just want to encourage those that are not. Maybe it's time to buddy up with someone that you respect here. Maybe you want to see a leader of a team that you're interested in. Maybe you want to talk to someone that you respect here and talk about becoming an active member because we need you. We are better together and we're going to do so much better with you on board. That is a guarantee. So please, can I encourage you, if you're not actively involved in church, can I encourage you to please see someone, connect with someone, talk about it and let's see what potentials lay dormant inside of you and let's see you burst forth in this life and life to the full and experience it for all it's worth please can I encourage you and if you know someone that's in that position that doesn't go and talk to you talk to them about it church I'm asking you to be brothers and sisters to one another get alongside those people that you know are not connecting and and actually get them connected and actually encourage them to realize their potentials that's who we are we're family okay thank you i'm just gonna wrap it up so after the the ember burnt out and lost its glow the guy's just sitting there just watching it the host he's just looking there going oh I can see what you're saying without using words. I see, 
I can see what's going on here. And the pastor just looked at his watch. It was like, oh, it's time to go. Looked at the host, gave him a smile, stood up. And then he picked up the ember, put it back with the other embers. And like that, like, like that, like, I can't click. I'm sweaty palms. I must be nervous because I'm one minute over. Um, What happens is the ember drops straight back into the other embers. It instantly glows as it surrounds itself with the warmth and the light of the other embers. And (laughs) the pastor just leaves him with that and begins to walk away, gives him the nod and just walks off. And the host then looks at the pastor and says, Pastor, wait, wait, wait. Thank you for your fiery sermon. I'll see you on Sunday again. So if you are someone that has been committed as well, if you were an active member or ember, however you want to look at it, and you've put yourself to the side and you've lost your heat, can I encourage you to jump back in as well? Why don't we stand to our feet, church? Father God, I thank you that we are better together. I thank you for the way that you've created us. Thank you for the way that we flourish together. And God, I just pray that this month is going to be such an, an amazing time of growth, both in number, but also spiritually as we learn what it is to, to live together, to, to move together as a body, as a body. And Lord God, I thank you for the, for the feet, Lord God. I thank you for the hands that are here. Lord God, I thank you that there are some fingernails right here, right now that, that need to be stuck on the hand. And, and Lord God, I just pray that you would encourage them. Um, Lord, I think I'm the mustache because I just, I just do. I think I'm a great mustache. But Lord God, I thank you that there are people in here that are such essential members of the body, Lord God, that aren't. And God, I pray that you would surround them. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would burst forth new ideas and new life in their world. And may they be encouraged to be a part of the body of Christ. Lord God, I thank you so much that you are God, that you are God and that we are your people and that you love us so much and you give us strength. Lord God, thank you that it's, it can be confronting, but Lord, I thank you that with you, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Thank you for love. Thank you for showing us what love is. Thank you, Lord God, that you're pouring it out upon us fresh. Thank you, Lord God, that we're going to exercise love in whole new ways this month. We love you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ for all.